And we're back with another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's a snack pack, everyone. It's Gerald Glassford coming right at you here from Lakers Fast Break. Pop Culture Cosmos, where we cover the latest news and trends of pop culture each and every week, twice a week, wherever you get your podcasts. On this week's episode of the PC Multiverse on the Pop Culture Cosmos channel, Melinda Barkhouse-Ross and I cover the latest news and notes from PlayStation State of Play, Netflix's 2024, and Universal Studios is expanding its universe in Florida. So go ahead and hear our thoughts on that. Plus also as well, Inside Sports Fantasy Football will be back next week with our Super Bowl thoughts. So look forward to that wherever you get your podcast. Joe Soro, he is Hyman Roth today. Go ahead and check out him as Oxide D47 at LakersBall.com. Plus also make sure you go ahead and check out his show tomorrow night. I think uh, since it's about a 5.30 start time, you want to do a 10 p.m. or 11 p.m. for the nightcap tomorrow night? No. You don't want to do one at all? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let, way to go ahead and tell people we're going to do it after every game. But then... No, nah, I don't do that. I quit. Okay. All right. Well, tune in tomorrow. Anyways, at some point in time, we'll have some sort of nightcap for you. We'll have a nightcap. Uh, maybe, maybe uh, I'd say 10 for sure, maybe 9. Well, because the game starts at 530. All right, so 9.05? Okay. Uh, if the post game is done, sure. Why not? We'll go. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, it is, of course, the Lakers uh, night capital Joe Soro. Go ahead and check that out there. Plus, also as well, the Lakerholics. I'm trying to see if we can get a Lakerholics spotlight set for you this weekend. I know you've been asking for Laker Tom, so hopefully we can get Laker Tom back on this weekend. Maybe even Elrop, if it's early enough, to so get him on to talk some Lakerholics stuff. And that'll be on Sunday. So go ahead and look forward to that. Plus also as well, of course, our good friends, Lakers and Five, Empire Jeff TV, Daniel Berry Sports Highlights, of course, John Costa with his Lakers Corner, and of course, also as well, Clutch Talk and the John McCainlian channel. And speaking of great channels, please go ahead, subscribe today. Click on the little Joe above the big Joe right there for you. Yeah, just go in there. Yep, now, now he puts on the mute. Okay. I'll just go ahead and be the yeah, yeah. Slurp that baby. There you go. Absolutely. What is that? ASMR stuff. That's why you did it. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. So go ahead and support us right there for you at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Truly appreciate it. Well, it is the Lakers heading to New York to continue on the Grammy trip tomorrow night. Prime time. ABC. Lakers, the big apple. Facing off against the Julius Randleless Knicks. So we'll see what happens. LeBron AD, will they be back? Should be back. Could be back. Might be back. Questionable as always. So we'll see. We never know these days. My gosh, it just, you know, they interview in the morning and then they talk about the game and then they don't show up for the game or they sit on the sidelines and street clothes. So who knows what's going to go on these days when it comes to the Lakers. I will tell you, though, a couple news items that we're going to be talking about include LeBron James, who has been, I guess, uh, ramping up the Rumorville since that infamous, uh, we actually were one of the first to report it. We were actually live on the air when he tweeted that out there, that hourglass, that ominous hourglass tweet that he sent a couple of days ago. Well, he's not going to be traded. Rich Paul 
recently commented today that he's not going to be traded. He's not going anywhere, nor is he asking to go anywhere. So we'll go ahead and hear Joe's thoughts on that. Plus also as well, of course, the big news for the Lakers today is not good. As everyone saw, Jared Vanderbilt, after having a good first half of the Lakers, unfortunately, uh, in the process of getting a steal, he uh, unfortunately came up lame with one of his feet. You know he's had bursitis in one of his feet already. This is something more extensive, and sources are telling ESPN and Dave McMenamin that he could be out a minimum of several weeks with a right foot injury and could be out even longer pending further evaluation, according to ESPN sources. So we may be talking a season-ending injury for Jared Vanderbilt, and I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. So we've got to discuss that as well. So I'm looking forward to seeing what we can talk about here on today's show. Darren says, look at Groundhog Day. What a great pop culture movie. Yes, it is a very good one indeed. Great day to do it. It is Groundhog Day. Always a good movie to go ahead and pop in there on Groundhog Day indeed. Harold Ramis, rest in peace. Speaking of rest in peace to a legend in the movie and entertainment industry, Carl Weathers. This one's for you, Apollo Creed. Absolutely. Mandalorian. There you go. He actually got an Emmy nomination for his work on The Mandalorian. Rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Rest in peace. But big news day today, Joe. He is here. We're talking the Lakers. Uh, I guess we'll start off with the biggest news of all. That is Jared Vanderbilt. He is out several weeks at a minimum. I'm going to say right now he's probably done for the season. Uh, I don't think the Lakers will try to push it unless they go far in the playoffs. And you and I have debated and gone back and forth that that's going to happen. But yeah, let's go for it first. Your thoughts on the Jared Vanderbilt injury. We got a good week of Jared Vanderbilt and that's about it. I'm, I'm going to take a guess that it's likely a stretch, uh, an extensive stress fracture on his foot. Could be Achilles related. Uh, I don't think it's Achilles. I think it's the top part of the foot that might have finally succumbed to the um, to the kind of maybe uh, you know how when you injure one leg you overcompensate on the other. So I think mm-hmm. the overcompensation possibly from the bursitis might have put more pressure on the top of his foot, and this is the result. Uh, we've never. We were never able to get a full year of Jared Vanderbilt, and it was just too bad, too, because he was starting to come into his own year. His Got a good week from him. His confidence was up, and he was having uh, he was having more than a good week. He was starting to get into a flow here. Uh, he may have had a really good shooting week, but his defense was was good before then. And it's just one of those things where injuries uh, – I guess another factor in the LeBron uh, era, AD era, is because uh, we, we, we harp on on things and rightfully so in a lot of cases. But at the same time, since 2021, uh, injuries have played a, a part to in, in, in kind of derailing the Lakers from from greatness. So it's a it's a tough one. It's a tough yeah. one. It's not, and this is not some old player either. That's the that's the sad part. And when. 80 got hurt. He was 28. So it's just, it's just unfortunate. It's unfortunate that it had to go this way. 
And uh, it's very likely that the Lakers are probably going to be pressured now, not from the outside, but from the inside, from the roster standpoint, that they're probably going to have to make a move now. Uh, what they make is still unknown. Uh, I still lean towards something small because I don't believe they want to trade Reeves, D'Angelo, uh, and possibly not Rui, although I think Rui might be the one thing you could dangle out there to get something. But I don't know how his market is out there. And you'd have to obviously uh, throw in the 29th pick, which that actually might be the one that they don't want to throw in. So they'll That's need the a only one they can throw in. They need a 13. They need a 13 to facilitate this. And that 13 would get something from the team that that's sending a player to the Lakers. I don't know how, how Rob's going to do it. I don't know what's out there uh, at the moment. That would make sense. Uh, I don't think uh, DeJounte Murray, DeJounte Murray would help uh, in this situation, but they're probably going to want Austin Reeves. And I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. You guys are crazy out there. Tyrone's saying they're trading Gabe. Gabe, if let's say let's say you're the I don't know you pick the other GM on the other end, and uh, you know you're trading for Gabe Vincent. We just saw a trade yesterday with one guy that's injured out and out for the season for another guy that's out for the season. Several draft picks were involved. The Lakers, if they had to trade Gabe Vincent. They would probably have to attach several seconds or that that first to move him. Is that really what you would want to do? Is that really? I mean, uh, we're seeing it right now in the chat, Joe. We're seeing that. We're seeing get uh, Jeremy Grant, the very expensive and overpriced Jeremy Grant in Portland. We're seeing DFS's name back up again. We're seeing all these rash judgments again because of this injury. It just it it the rationalization factor. It just man. People are just like going to go even crazier at this point in time. And like you said, the pressure will be internal and external as well. <laughs> yeah, Tyrone said we got five seconds. <laughs> Let's just uh, give them all. You I, get a there, second. And you get a is, second. There is, there is some, there was something floating around today that Washington would, would be willing to take some seconds for Ty Jones. Uh, I would say that's a pretty realistic, uh, trade if, if if it comes to that it could be someone that could that could help the lakers for sure and you wouldn't have to give up any players or any major assets in terms of draft picks the wizards are, are a team that the lakers have done work with and will dawkins is apparently maybe one of those guys that has a has a good relationship with with rob so i i think that's likely going to be a trade that 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 can come about. Now, what, what the Wizards are probably going to wait for is they're going to see if they can get a, a better package for him. He is on an expiring contract, so that's good for the Lakers. They're not going to be tied to anything, and you know they don't like to be tied to anything generally, especially if it's a role player. So, yeah, I'd say if there's a trade that I had to pick that would make sense, that is realistic, that would fill a need, it, it probably would be – it probably would be uh, – probably would be Ty Jones. Now, here's the interesting part. Uh, would that be the precursor of another trade? Uh, would they trade D'Angelo at that point since they've, they get a guard that can, you know, they get a guard basically and get a package together for Murray for D'Angelo. 
that could be something there too. Uh, I'm not reading that anywhere. That's just me kind of thinking in my head what what pieces would have to come together for them to to enhance this team and have it have it have a chance at at trying to compete. Uh, should they make it to the playoffs, which I believe they'll make the plan for sure. Uh, how how the playoffs uh, how the playoffs go is is, is a whole different category. Yeah. The Lakers have to win 25 of, of 32 to probably get at least a sixth seed. Uh, they probably get a fifth seed in that case, dependent uh, using the the current standings uh, winning percentages. I don't I don't know, man. Uh, with Vando out and his services on the defensive end and his ability this last you know few weeks of just getting into the passing lanes and really causing havoc on defense, and then of course started hitting shots from three and, and being dependable at the, at the rim, man, it, it, this is a big blow. This is a big blow. And, and, and I don't know how they're going to get through this one. This is Raphael from NBA draft And you are listening to the Lakers fast break. Check out what's been going on with the pop culture Cosmo show and the PCC multiverse. Send me all of the Star Trek all of the time, and I will be an incredibly happy girl. Even if it's terrible, it's like pizza. Bad pizza is still pretty good because it's pizza. Bad Star Trek is still pretty good because it's still Star Trek. That's the way that I look at it. Just let it sit in the refrigerator for a day and be cold. That's it. Yep. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro, a.k.a. Hyman Roth, right here with us. It is Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching and listening. No problem, Kubro. Glad to have you here. You, tomorrow he gets to watch Scarface Joe and, you know, that nice G-rated movie that it is. So there you go. But <laughs> cool, bro. You know. Oh. That, uh, that, that Disney family movie named Scarface. Don't, don't watch it. It's too late. He's going to be corrupted by don't it watch tomorrow. It. <laughs> it's up to his parents and they're letting them do it but it is the lakers fast break i gotta ask you this my friend i mean we've talked about this for before i mean the the chat they just want trades they just want trades to want trades they don't care about the ramifications down the road they don't care about the fact you know if a kid puts this back in the repeater tax or doesn't do, doesn't matter to get up to a couple slots and a, maybe a first or a second round loss you know they're willing to do and get trade anything out there. It just, I see it. I just see it. They just don't care. They don't care about what smart money and how to manage it is. And I think that the Lakers, they fall into that trap. The management, they fall into that trap of making rash judgments by making irrational moves at the wrong times. And even if they go ahead and now feel like they're more forced to make a trade Again, there's not anyone out there that's going to move the needle far enough, especially with now another rotation player out there that's going to get you where you want to go. I will say it until I get blue in the face, because it's true. You have to keep your cool, and the best organizations out there keep their cool and make the smart and wise moves, Joe. It's it's uh, it's rare that a trade at the deadline makes you go from – suffering to title there's only two memories of of that in my 33 years of watching nba basketball one was 
the package of Otis Thorpe uh, in Houston to Portland for uh, Clyde Drexler. I mean, last year's trade deadline where then, they, yeah. Yeah, again, I, it, it, it worked, but I'm talking title. Again, we have to really focus on that. This is about titles at this point. I, I know I know it's not likely to happen, but that's that's the point here. Uh, the other was uh, Rashid Wallace being traded uh, after, what, three days from Atlanta to Detroit in 04. <clears throat> and I don't see any Rashid Wallace's or any Clyde Drexler's in this uh this league right now that would be available. I know that there, there, there is some rumblings out of Miami that Jimmy Butler might get traded. Uh, I, I don't know if I believe that either. That might be just maybe something going out there where maybe they just leak something just to see if there's anything out there that could, you know, come together. Maybe they get a call from Oklahoma city saying, Hey, what if we gave you five first round picks right now for Jimmy Butler, you put Jimmy Butler in OKC without having to give up assets. Now you're really looking scary if you're Oklahoma City. The Lakers are not – the Lakers' problems are internal and also in the coaching situation. It, 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 the, the win yesterday was more remarkable when you actually sit down and watch the game again. I watched it again, and I couldn't believe that they were in situations where they were still playing four on five, even with two guy, two stars out. <laughs> because you have a coach that just will not relent from playing an inferior player. And there's nothing that the when you when you when you compare a stubborn coach versus a stubborn player, a stubborn player 100 out of 100 times is the the side I'll be on because that player has control of the game. The players play. They have control of the game. The coach does it. So when a coach is stubborn and not playing the correct rotations and the correct players, this is what you get. Now, there is a slight, I guess, leash that we can throw there because Vando got hurt, so depth became an issue. But I thought that he could do other things than just keep throwing out Torian Prince. I don't like Torian Prince in a lineup with Reeves and D'Lo. If you're going to use Prince, make sure that those two are not on the court. I don't want to see. Every time I see it, it makes me gag because that is the worst three-player lineup in the NBA on defense. Check the stats. Check the stats. It's, it's not good, and that's why the Lakers are 500. However... They got career games from Austin Reeves. They got career game from Jackson Hayes. Uh, D'Angelo did something that he hadn't done in a Laker uniform since I've watched him. He struggled somewhere and then turned into Superman in something else. You have, I have not seen him do that before. He could not really shoot in Boston last night, but man, he looked like Steve Nash uh, distributing the ball. That is what all-stars do. That's what great players do is adjust and let the game come to them. And if your game ain't, ain't doing what it's supposed to do, you adjust to something else and you, you perfect that. And he did. I mean, he was phenomenal in getting the guys the ball. And at the end of the day, guys, it's a shot-making league. And the Lakers made their shots and the Celtics didn't. 
So that's that's the, that's the simple part of the basketball game. You have to make your shots, uh, and and they did. Yeah, great victory for the Lakers, and that momentum uh, was kind of circumvented a little bit, unfortunately, to to Jared Vanderbilt's injury. And you know, Joe, you and I have seen this organization for quite some time, and especially in recent times with Rob and Jeannie. And I'm just the knee jerk reaction is that they'll have a knee jerk reaction, my friend. And that's something I wanted to go ahead and discuss the possibility out there. Again, a lot of people saying trade, do trades, 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 trades. And again, it to me, it's just about having the assets to get better players, even if it means you cannot feel the team that you want to this season. If your summer is on the horizon and it's looking a lot better and a lot clearer for you, maybe you should pave your way to that and just take your chances what you have now. But again, that's what I see. But not everybody else is seeing that. In fact, most people are saying, like I said, trade, trade now. And I'm worried that that same kind of pressure is being levied on making a move we might regret once again, like the Westbrook trade. That's what I'm worried about. That's what the that's what worries me is falling into one of those traps. No, they're not going to do something like that again. And the Westbrook trade was not done because of Yahoo's on social media pressuring them. That, that's not why they made that trade. They made that trade because Rob and LeBron was a big part of this. And LeBron panicked. They panicked because they saw Harden go to Brooklyn and they all go, oh, now what? Now if that team gets to the finals, how the hell are we going to beat them? So they went ahead and scalped their team and, and went with Russell Westbrook and the rest is history. And I'm saying LeBron because I remember distinctively that Anthony Davis said, let's run it back. I remember that very vividly. And in the long run, and you know, in the long run, it was probably going to be the, it would it should have been the, the, the way to go. It should have been, they should not have panicked, but when you're not good, see the, when you're successful in life, What's success in life? Okay, you got money and you don't have to worry about bills. Okay, yeah. But you got, you know, you see a lot of people who have money that are... are and by the way, you were just using the Harden as an example because Empire Jeff's saying that it's a deadline move where Russ was in the summer. But I think he was just seeing that the loading up as far as teams loading up with, with three superstars. That's what you meant? Hmm? Em- Harden, Empire Jeff said Harden was a deadline move, trade deadline move. Russ was a move that was made in the summer. I think you're just your yeah, point yeah. So was that's that what happened. teams were loading up. So, that, so that playoff, you had Durant essentially, they could have beaten Milwaukee if his toe was, if his shoe size was maybe one size less, right? That's, that's what happened there. So they were building momentum together at that point. They, they were that close to beating Milwaukee. And if they had beaten Milwaukee, maybe they had a chance to win it all. So now that summer, they were worried about they were worried about them coming back stronger. That's what I meant. That's what happened. Yes, even though Harden was there before, they were more worried about it the following year. Arms race per se. Yeah, an arms race. Yes, 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 yes. Because obviously they couldn't make the Westbrook trade at the deadline, but they they sensed that man. 
So here, I'll, I'll, I'll explain what happened in 2021 for those who don't remember. There was, I remember, if you go back, I, I might have, I came on that, I came on that year, right, Gerald? It was uh, mm -hmm. Tw it was late 21. Yeah. Okay. Okay. There was an issue because I, I didn't know if um, if there was any archives of it, so you guys can see it. Oh, you could see but it. That's I remember it. that team that year, 2021 team. There was at least 20 or 30 games where they had this three minute dead space where they didn't score. They just didn't score. They couldn't score and score. And a lot of that got hit on the fact that the the, the players, guys like Caruso, guys like KCP, guys like Kuzma, they weren't able to score. It, it, the, the trade came from something, too. It wasn't just like, oh, well, let's just go get Westbrook and here's our guys. There was an issue that year where they weren't scoring in like for three minutes in, in each game at some point in the game. And it was frustrating because you're like, they're not making a shot. They're not hitting a, getting to the line. They're not doing anything. It's like three minutes. It was always like a three-minute gap. So that carried on until they got to the playoffs. They go up to one against Phoenix. We're starting to feel like, holy crap, this is it. Like, we're going to roll, roll this. And then and then uh, AD got hurt, and then that was a wrap. And then now they're going to the off scene like, man, we need some – freaking offense we need some firepower maybe russell westbrook as a third option can can be that guy plus caruso uh was injured a lot that year as well and one of the things that's always been great with westbrook is his availability so there was a lot of that going on at that time from my thought could russell westbrook be a one no could he be a two no could he be a three oh maybe he might work out as a three and then you could kind of build around the, the big three. But again, that's why I'm not a GM. I screwed, I screwed up in supporting that. Now, Gerald, he he's Mr. Hyatt, you know, sitting on his platinum chair with his with his pipe, I wish it was platinum. With his with his chin up in the air saying, I told you so. I told you, know, you so. You know, what is it? What is the old saying? Uh dogs shine the, the Sun shines on a dog's ass. Dog ass every, yeah, yeah twice, so. at least once a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Backhanded yeah. comment. Or, yes. or my Thank you, LeBron. Appreciate it. Yes, yes good. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so, but that was the, that was the silent uh, dagger that's, that, that bled internally, secretly. And this is where we're at now. We're, we're at the, we're at the end of, the internal bleeding finally shutting down organs and essentially saying, you know what? I, I think this thing is about to die. <laughs> and that's, that's the facts guys. We're not, we're not getting any help. Like uh, Jeff said, the, the basketball gods, uh, they saw a glimmer of positivity last night. And then they said, no, we're not going to let you get over this pink. We're going to take your best defender after AD and we're going to take him out for the year. Sorry. Have a nice day, LeBron. Have a nice career. You're going to be stuck at four, and this is something you're going to have to live with. Uh, Alan YST, I want to let you know if you look at the JPEG, that's I, I there may not be footage exactly of the injury itself, but if you see it, he actually, when he got injured, he stole the ball, popped it right there. They called it a timeout, and he immediately hopped off the floor and went to the back. 
Uh, so it was kind of, it all happened really quick. So I'm like, like there may not be a footage of it out there, but yeah, at least I got the JPEG of it out there right when the injury happened, just to let you know, just to give you an idea of, of what's going to happen again. Jared Vanderbilt is out at least several weeks. I'd essentially be safe and be let's, let's put it in reality terms, Joe, let's just say he's out the season. Okay. Cause he's going to be evaluated in several weeks at that point in time to, or could be determined if he has surgery. Yeah. He's, he's done for the season. I'm just going to assume at this point he's out for the season. Just be surprised happily if he actually comes back before the end of the season, but that probably will mean he probably wouldn't be around till the playoffs at the earliest. So that means another rotation player down. We do we do know Gabe Vincent's going to be evaluated sometime probably around the All-Star break, if not a little bit sooner in regards to what his knee status is. It's just not a pretty picture with those two guys out of the lineup. I understand that the, there's probably going to be some moves along the margins now. The impetus is there. The Lakers just are, are running out of options. But the Westbrook trade, as you said, we still feel the Westbrook trade continuously because the Lakers would have more assets right now if they have never made that trade. Well, not only the assets, uh, but you would have, you would have still had seasoned vets who are still young playing integral parts in things that you don't do well right now, which is play defense, hit shots, hit timely shots. Imagine this guys, imagine what they traded. They traded three, very good defenders. Very good. We could use those guys. Two of them, when they got hot on 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 from shooting, were like those are twenty point wins. That's how how important they were. And then Kuzma, his length, and maybe he would have improved his shooting. We we gave up on Kuzma uh, a little too early, unfortunately. And I'm I was. I got caught into that too. I got caught in the fact that Kuzma should have been a better player, but I think, you know, the fact that he going back to what I said, he wasn't doing well shooting, but then he started getting better at defense and we didn't appreciate that enough. The The Lakers screwed the pooch on that one. And uh, by the way, uh, cool bro. I would watch the 1962 Lolita with Peter Sellers. It's a much better film. Yes. Much better film. It's that actually, I, I have. Yeah. It's it's phenomenal, actually. Uh, there's a scene where where Peter Sellers, and I, this is one of the probably one of my favorite scenes in terms of direction, where you see a car following Lolita and the guy, and Peter Sellers is in the background. You can see a car kind of follow them. It's just one of those really really cool things. Like, who is that in the back? You know, you know. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend the '62 Lolita movie instead of the '97 one. Um, and let's the, not forget Cam Reddish will be out a couple weeks with his injury. Well, I, I, unfortunately, Cam Reddish doesn't play as well as Vando and doesn't command the I, – I, I guess if we can if we could have Cam do what Vando did, sure. But Kratos, he's going to be evaluated in several weeks and to be determined at that time, again – he could be out even longer pending further evaluation. So I think we're going to error on the side of his foot. We're going that to err on the side of, of reality and that he's going to be gone the year. Yes. And even if he came back late, he's not going to be in shape. He's not going to, unfortunately guys like Cam Reddish and Jared Vanderbilt are not 
they're not those players. They're not the players that are game changers. They usually, this is how things usually come about with guys like that. And they don't, they can't just turn it on and come in and they don't have that kind of talent, unfortunately, but uh, just scratch Vanderbilt for the year. Scratch Gabe Vincent for the year. Those guys are gone. No, I think, uh, yeah, Gabe Vincent, he's going to be reevaluated. I don't want to say he's gone, gone, uh, but be pleasantly I'm going to say he's gone him. until until I see something different. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, I, fair I enough. Really... Cam Reddish is the one that, is, of the three, is most likely to come back. How about that? Uh, Dan, I'd rather get, I'd rather get, uh, I'd rather have Westbrook come back than Stanley Johnson. Really? Stanley uh, Johnson is Rancho Margarita, Rancho Santa Margarita's finest, but not in the NBA. <laughs> Sorry, Ooh, Stanley. Okay, yeah, Stanley Johnson is a no go. Sorry, there, Dan. But again, we're going to be looking at options now, Joe. Again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow, aka Hyman Roth, along with me, Joe Glassford. Thanks so much for watching, listening to so the Lakers. I just feel that a knee-jerk reaction is coming, Joe. I just feel that they they they're trying to hold on. To, you from Rob? Yes, as far as to do something that maybe they weren't planning on doing. No, before the trade deadline, you, you can't. You don't have anything to do a knee-jerk reaction unless you want to gut your team again. Which <laughs> I'm sorry, but you can't. You can't. You, just run run with what you have and see if you can get someone like Jones out of Washington with however many second round picks you can get. And then that's it folks. It, it, it might, it's not going to matter anyways. It doesn't matter if you go get Murray for, even if you did Reeves a first for Murray, it's not going to make a difference. This, this team is debilitated. LeBron is 39 years old. LeBron is playing long enough for a 15 year, I'm sorry, a 16 year vet to play in the NBA and get into the hall of fame. And he's still playing. Like what I mean by that is, a player could have played 16 years, a great player, retired, and gotten into the Hall of Fame in the same time that LeBron is still in the league. It's where the Lakers are not planning for the future here. They keep trying to do what, unfortunately, what Mitch Kupchak was trying to do after the, the veto for Chris Paul. He just kept trying to put enough was putting band-aids on 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 wounds that needed surgery. Just can't, guys. Just can't. It's you can't expect a discombobulated team to, to work, even if you have a couple stars. And I say that because the, the record says it and the, the way they play together says it. It's just not good. At some point, if this team was going to go that route, I believe it would have happened at some point in December after the tournament i would think that the tournament momentum would have carried them but they didn't they started to relax or whatever it was that you want to call it and then they started getting worse how do you get worse when you are playing good basketball and you didn't have any injuries at the time like lebron didn't get hurt he didn't get hurt it, it's a mental thing also it's a mental thing with lebron it's an age thing the longer he goes the worse he's probably going to get and a lot of it could be mental. This is a taxing league, especially when you play as long as he has. He's not. He's 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 an, he's still a man at the end of the day, and, and and he's a human being. Things are gonna not click. You look at 
Allen Iverson towards the end of his career. He was a shell of himself, right? Why? Well, because, you know, he got older. Yeah, that, that is true. But it's also mental. Mental. You get tired of like, oh, man, they're still getting on me for this and they're still getting on me for that. And at some point you go home and you're sitting there with your wife and she's, you know, there to support you. And somebody says, oh, LeBron uh, said this or that. And then, you know, and a lot of it, you know, he does do it to himself to some degree, too. But, you know, when he doesn't do it to himself, it's still taxing after a while. It's mentally draining. So at that point, what else? What else? What else is there for, for Laker fans? What we need to do is continue to talk about what's the next steps, because we're going to be here. Until we die, right? You know, if I, if if I live to the to the average age, I'm going to be watching the Lakers for at least another thirty years. I'd like to not be the Knicks. The last fifty-two years. Just saying, you know, can I, I? I don't want that. I don't have a choice in it. If these guys don't figure it out, but it's. I think the Lakers need to start figuring out post LeBron now, and once the summer comes. You guys are crazy with your trade proposals. It's it's hilarious. I think if an NBA GM was here right now, Joe, let's say the Brooklyn GM, because a lot of this is going the way of Brooklyn right now in the tra- in the chat right now. And by the way, Cool Bro wants to let you know he does a damn fine Godfather impersonation. I guess okay, but I just want to see if you look at the chat right now. They're crazy. They're absolutely. If you were an NBA GM looking at this, you'd be rolling in hysterical laughter because the fact Gabe Vincent is not a tradable asset right now. The guy's got a bum knee and a bad three-year contract right now that you're looking at. Why would you want that if you're an opposing NBA GM? Think about this rationally, people. I mean, I keep telling you everywhere. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news all the time, but you guys got to think this rationally. But, you know, if you want to, go ahead. You know, But it's just, it's just so funny to see, Joe. The thing is, though, okay, let's say they do the trades. Let's say they make the knee-jerk reaction. Let's say they give up that first-round draft pick, the only one they have. Let's say they throw in some seconds or a pick swap or what have you, and then, you know, trade alongside with it. And they only get to the first round and it ends from there. Or maybe even the second round and it ends from there. Will that make everyone happy? Will it all have been worth it, Joe? No. That's That's what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm trying to communicate. That's what they're playing with. They're playing with there is no player that's going to be available that's going to make a difference. They're going to have to – the, the, if they were to have a semblance of a chance of winning a championship, you might as well stick with what you have right now. Add some things. Just add maybe one or two players, depth, and maybe they might flourish. Somebody like Tyus Jones, right? Uh, and then roll with it. Otherwise, you're not you're you're not being truthful to yourself in what the end result will be. The end result is. You would have to have LeBron turn into 2020 LeBron in the playoffs and AD 2020 as well. And you would need all the guys, Reeves, D'Angelo, Rui, to play like KCP, Kuzma, and Caruso. How? D'Angelo doesn't play defense. Reeves doesn't play defense. Rui 
when he makes three shots in a row, that nitwit takes him out and puts Torian Prince in there. So now what? So now you're playing not only, and that's the end result. That's the that's the that's the button on this. By the way, I'm not. I've been trying to stay away from the coaching thing because I'm exhausted. I am exhausted of talking about Darvin Ham, but he is a huge problem. I mean, huge problem in this. It's it's depressing. It's depressing that an organization this vast and this big could be such terrible evaluators in such a crucial part of the game. I mean, we talked about it text earlier tonight. He's even uh, Cam Whitmore because, you know, Rodell loves it when we talk about oh. Cam Whitmore on this show. 25 points off the bench tonight, even beating Asar Thompson, the guy who has picked 20 picks, you know, like 16 picks above him, even playing better than him off the bench. This game tonight was better than the game against the Lakers, too. It was efficient. It's more efficient, even. It's depressing. It's depressing. And, and again, I'm going to make this really loud. I don't follow college basketball. That's, that's Stone Cold Hanson's department. And I do watch enough, and I, I, you know, people think I'm full of crap. They're like, how the hell do you know so much about college basketball if you don't watch it? I'm like, well, I don't watch it, like, religiously day in, day in and day out. I do follow some things. And I, 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 a lot of times I can just see a player play for a game and go, damn, that guy can move. And usually college basketball, especially now, every time you see anybody, it's like, God, this, how's this guy going to play in the NBA? Um, and a lot of it is too because they're freshmen. They're not, you know, if they were maybe juniors and seniors like they used to be, you could see a little bit more. But it's a crapshoot at this point. But you cannot fake athleticism. You cannot fake someone who can run like Bo Jackson and jump off the building. That's an exaggeration, by the way. Um, he just looked like Bo Jackson next to the Lakers. So it's just, you're sitting there, you're going, your 17th pick. 17th pick in the NBA draft is the equivalent of the third round in the NFL. You're, you're not supposed to get a star there, like a bona fide all-pro. You're not supposed to get an all-NBA guy at 17, typically. But if you've got someone there that has the athleticism and the body to play in the NBA, and, and why, you, you, you take the chance. You take a chance. Who cares about Because he didn't him? interview you well? So what? Are you, are you, are you, is he, is he going to, is he going to book cocktails? See, and this is the thing. Is he going to book uh, book dinners with Jeannie to go talk with friends? I'm, I'm, I need him on the basketball court. I don't need some guy who could run a marketing campaign on a damn TV with a bunch of yahoos. Who cares? Who cares about interviews? They're, they're there to play basketball. What, you want chemistry and all that? Okay. If it bombs, who cares? It's a 17th pick. But you pick the best player. And you can go back. Three or you can go three years from now and say, and they're like, "Hey, man, what what happened here? Why did you pick this guy? He was the best player available at the time. He was the best player." Now, someone has the right idea. I'm going to put this up there, even though and, and it's uh, compounded too. By the way, if they had gotten Triple J, let's say, and he was playing well, then we're not having this argument. It's just like, yeah. well, 
they're worried about his injury. They got a good player there. Hey, it is what it is. We 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 they didn't get camp because they because they don't do their job. They don't do their work, man. They don't do if the bus boys are are usually looking for the the the, the needles in the haystack. They're not paying attention to the guys that actually are good. They're looking for that guy that's kind of been left off. Okay, have them do that. And then you as the GM needs to need to pay attention to the to the, the to the guys that are going to be picked higher, not the guys in the second round or the guys in the in the free agency market. It's a it, it the situation the Lakers are in right now, missing on that is killing it even more. It's killing what we have. Imagine if you had someone like that. Imagine if you had a rookie dropping 25 and 28 for us, for the Lakers right now. You think LeBron would be playing 36, 37 minutes? No, he wouldn't. You'd have that guy. Imagine distributing to a guy that can jump off the building. It, it, it's, it's just... It, it, it's frustrating because it's what they needed this year so bad because the money isn't killing them. It's a rookie contract, and he's got the intangibles you need, especially on a team like this that has two stars. His game would be even more effective because you really couldn't concentrate on him once you started rolling because you have LeBron and AD there. It's tough. It's 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 a tough – this was a – the the more he the better he plays the the worse this season gets for me because again it's the contract and the talent tied to it the reason why the Lakers can't improve is because anyone that they could get that would improve the team either is making thirty or forty or fifty million dollars and you can't get them based off the CBA and if even if you did it you now got the team again just like you did with Westbrook and now you're you're depending on three guys to to win you a championship it's just all out of whack. It's all out of whack, and it just keeps getting out of. It just keeps getting whacked. We're like whack-a-moles. Should be the Los Angeles whack-a-moles. We're signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Hey, Lakers fans! Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers, well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Soro along with me, Gerald Glassford. Thanks so much for watching us. I truly appreciate it. Cool, bro. I got some questions for you. Yeah, remembering in the chat, best Lakers chat room that's out there is the Lakers fast break. Want to make sure that you know, Joe, that uh, cool bro's asking about your favorite horror movie, if you have one. And then also Sunday's asking you if you like the draft now going to a two-day format, similar now, of course, it's longer over extended period of time with the NFL, but they are going the NFL route with a two-day draft. Adam Silver. It's a made-for-TV move. Adam Silver. No one wants to watch anyone get picked in the second round on the second day. 
That's why they go like 30 seconds next pick, next pick, next pick. Uh, you, you need to fix – well, it's too late now. You need to fix what you screwed up with the CBA. But that, that's we're gonna have to wait six years till then. By making it harder for team for players to move around, uh, you've killed your one advantage over the NFL, and that's when July one hits. The NBA is smoking between July one and July fifteenth, and now you just pissed that away this last couple of years because you, for some reason you want these stars to stay in Milwaukee or New Orleans or wherever the hell you want to pump up up there. No one gives a crap about New Orleans, and they never will. No one cares about Charlotte. The fact that you guys took a, a second stab at, at Charlotte only makes you dumb. Charlotte didn't work the first time. You should have just let it go. New Orleans, eh. I've talked to a lot of people I know in Baton Rouge. I don't, they don't even know who the hell's on the team. Okay? I think the NBA needs to start getting back to the basics. Stars and let them dictate where they want to go. And, and, and stop making it hard for trades to transact. It's, it's, the, it's the most exciting part of the game, believe it or not. It is. But they want to do what the NFL does. They want all the teams to be uh, – they want, the, they want the, the, the front of the jersey to be what, it, what, what the popular thing. This is, there's, there's not enough talent to do that. The NBA is player-centric. There's only a handful of great players in a, in a given year. We call players great because we're dumb. There's only five really great players in, in, in a year. Like you can, you can call them great. Like LeBron in his prime and Steph in his prime and those kind of guys, those, those generational players. That's what I consider great. Durant when he was at Oklahoma City. Now, I'm not saying that Russell Westbrook and Ty Young and uh, uh, Trey Young and those types are not good players, but the term great, the way I think of it, is I'm talking the generational guy, not the stat guy, not the guy that's, you know, jumping out the building. Great means this guy, man, when he walks into your building, he's a, he's a, there's an aura around him. He, and, 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 it, and it's, it, He's always competing. You know, the, com the competition fa is factored in there. Is this guy going to be a champion? Is this guy going to play this guy, this great player versus this great player? But I, I don't, I, we're, 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 we're different. Like us here, we're going to be watching because that's our job. But if I wasn't on the Lakers fast break, I probably wouldn't be watching most of these games. And I'm definitely not watching. Uh, the draft, unless uh, I can time it to where I can see what the Lakers are getting. Well, I sh I should still one of these days on my to do list is actually to get the footage of you and I screaming for Cam Whitmore during that draft and getting JHS instead. <sighs> I was a bad omen. It was a bad omen when I saw the pick. He was wearing a velvet green monstrosity. <laughs> Seriously, like what, what department store, clown store did he get that from? It's an embarrassment. Some of these guys wear things that are an embarrassment, and someone needs to say it. it it's 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 a. <laughs> the word clown is the only thing I think. Just put a, a red nose on his on his face, and he, that it would work. 
And that was what we got. We got a guy that can't shoot, uh, that can't really get to the rim, and can't play defense. And I'm trying to figure out, oh, that's right. Oh, oh. He interviewed well. <laughs> oh, he, he, he works hard. Okay. Remember that remember that time in camp uh, where yeah, everybody was yeah. calling talking about him as the star of the camp for that day? He works hard. Okay. Yeah. That's a good that's a good trait to have in the NBA. Um can't shoot, can't play defense. Uh there was some positiveness in his mid-range game in, a, in an era where the mid-range game is going. And he away. could pass. Pass where? Pass gas? Possibly. I haven't seen him make one good pass in the However many games he's played this year. And then everybody tells him, well, you know, Lewis looks really good. Looks really good. I'm like, the guy got donuts three Lewis times. looks like fudge. Three times he got donuts. He looks like Alex Fudge. Alex Fudge is... Gone. Looked, he, he looks like... Alex Fudge looked like a guy that had never picked up a basketball in his life. Defense... Maybe, but dude, you got to have some skill on offense. Somewhere. Stern said he was the worst offensive player he's yeah, ever. Yeah, I, I, when he said that, I didn't, I thought maybe it was a little bit of an exaggeration. Holy smokes. Maxwell Lewis is like maybe a tad bit above that. He is horrid. Where the hell did they find this guy, Pepperdine? What did, did he interview well too? Or was it because he was a local guy? I mean, he couldn't crack the starting lineup until the last game. For the summer league, Joe, summer league. That should tell you all. I don't, I don't have an answer, dude. I don't have an answer. This yeah. was the worst year. This was the. I have never seen this. Is you know again. This was a, a, a shock to me. You don't see top four players drop that low in the NBA. It doesn't happen. This is the first time I can remember something like this happening. He was the fourth best player. In the draft, he dropped to the twenties. It was it was like watching Randy Moss go to the Vikings in '98. You're sitting there like uh, Dallas, dude. You got Randy Moss. Oh, they passed on him. What? I think they got the Marcus Ware, so they weren't hurting. It might have been the Marcus Ware. I have to look back on. Yeah, that. but uh, yeah, it's it's it's. It's just not. It's just not in the cards, folks. And I hate to be the the, the bearer of bad news here uh, the rest of the season, but the Vando thing is is like continuous paper cuts that are starting to get into the much much bigger cuts to the Laker season, and eventually those cuts are going to start bleeding out, and it's going to start being a problem, and then we're going to hit the wall. And there's no there's no bandage for this one, guys. There's there's too many cuts. There's no bandage in six days that's going to change this. Unfortunately, there's just not enough assets that the Lakers can use without shredding their the what what little depth they do have. And now it's gotten even less. So yeah, it's 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 sad. It sucks. I'm just going to try to enjoy the games, the ones that are good. I thought last night's game was great. You know. Just from a Lakers Celtics standpoint, made me feel like a little bit too that the Celtics might not be as good as I thought they might be. I think they're going to succumb to the to the usual thing in the playoffs, which is they're not going to be able to score when they need to. And if you if you body up Porzingis a little bit, he starts floating closer and closer to the opposing basket. 
Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Snorro along with me, Terrell Glassford. Thanks again for watching, listening. Truly appreciate it. But one of those trade assets the Lakers will not have and will not use is LeBron James. LeBron James, despite the hourglass tweet that he tweeted the other night, despite all the rumors. And again, I got a lot of people texting. I got my 90-year-old mom calling me. I got uh, LinkedIn messages from uh, NBA writers we've interviewed on the show before. I'll ask, so what about the LeBron James rumors? Is he going to be traded? Is he going to be traded? I said to everyone, please, if LeBron does not want to be traded, he will not be traded. He, it's not like he has a no trade clause, but in essence, he's got enough power and sway within the Lakers organization that he has, in essence, a no trade clause. So, Joe, it was said earlier today with him. You know, Mr. Clutch himself, uh, LeBron's agent, Mr. Paul, he said, and I quote, that LeBron isn't going anywhere. He is not being traded. So people need to just slow down on the LeBron trade rumors. But your thoughts, my friend, that I think that it was a fervor over over nothing. People get excited over nothing. There was like one report that people went like wildfire over. Again, all this fake news and fake rumors that you're seeing out there just throws everything out of whack. But, you know, anybody who seriously thinks that LeBron is going to be traded without some smoke there first, without some reports from Woj or Shams or anybody legitimate saying it, it just it just doesn't happen out of the blue like that for LeBron James. No, and we discussed this before the and I'm not saying not to trade. I didn't today. and I don't I'm not saying not to trade him. I'm just saying that he won't no, be yeah. The, the, the Lakers don't first of all, the Lakers can't trade him because they don't know what the hell they're doing. You'd have to have a plan <laughs> to trade him. You'd have to have a plan. And you'd have to have a team that says we're a LeBron James away from winning a championship. We're gonna send you assets. Now, at the same time, that team's gonna have to deal with LeBron James. Yes, folks deal with LeBron James. LeBron James brings baggage. He brings the LeBron James uh, intellectual property. <laughs> There's a lot of things you have to cater to. And a lot of times that could skew a, a young team because now the young team sees the old dog doing his doing what he wants and he's controlling the, the higher ups and then they're going to feel entitled to do the same thing. So lot, anybody who's smart that's trying to compete for a championship, is it going to trade for LeBron James? Sure. Somebody like Charlotte or, or, or uh, I don't know, um, Detroit. Sure. They'll, they'll say, yeah, let's get LeBron in here. At least we get the seats filled up, right? But he's not going to want to go there. So this discussion is stupid. LeBron has played in the NBA for 21 years. He's never demanded a trade, and he never will. And he will not turn down 51 million dollars i don't want to say he'll never will i'm not gonna say he will never ask to be traded i was i'm not i'm not on that one it's february 2nd 2024 he will never ask to be traded i'm not gonna say never and say never so never you can do whatever you want i'm saying never now the next step i don't believe in any way he is going to turn down $51 million at the end of the year. If anything, don't be surprised if Genie extends him an extra year. That's more likely than LeBron opting out. 
So just put that in the bank as well. As far as how the Lakers are going to prepare for the next run, I have zero confidence in Ron Palenka and Jeannie to do that. They're not made for that world. Jeannie would have to fire Rapalinka, whom she just extended last year, and go get someone who knows what to do, how to build a basketball team, who didn't have a willing LeBron before he got there to come to L.A. and save L.A. from being the Knicks continuously here the last decade. And also LeBron coming to L.A. kind of being a precursor to A.D. coming to L.A., I don't care. You know, I know Jeff tries to give credit to, to Rob Linka. He was the guy here. No, Jeff, I'm sorry. I'm not going to agree with that. The, you could have had you could have had Tiny Tim as a GM and that deal gets done. Okay. It's still it's contracts, it's lawyers. Rob Palinka had no power in getting AD. There was no influence. Magic Johnson got LeBron to LA, if anybody. Got him to LA, got him to commit. LeBron was coming, but Magic sealed it. Because Magic is one of the greats, clutch, Magic Mother effing Johnson, okay? The guy wins at everything. It's what he does. That allowed an out for AD to come and win finally, to go play with LeBron, and they did. And in the end, let's be appreciative, man. Let's be appreciative. They got us a title, man. I thought they were going to get us at least two, but we got one. We got one, and it's nice. It's nice that that we were able to see these two guys become champions in a Laker uniform. LeBron did something that no player in the history of the NBA had done. He was a number one guy on three championship teams with three Finals MVPs. That's pretty remarkable. You can you can hang your hat on that, LeBron. You can always do that because that's that's something that's probably going to be harder to do than winning six championships down the road once again it's the lakers fast break it is joe Soro along with me joe glassford thanks so much for watching and listening truly appreciated so again joe you know unless lebron asked to be traded it's not going to happen uh so this i love our audience absolutely love it but sometimes you just I, I'll, I'll end in show and i'll say goodbye to joe and good night to show joe and i'll like 10 minutes later, I'll just be making my dinner or something like that. And I'll just start chuckling at the way that that the comments just seem to flow on certain things. You know, rationality, when you're behind that keyboard, it really doesn't matter, Joe. They'll just say what they want to say. And sometimes it's really positive. Sometimes it's really good and constructive. But I, I sometimes I worry about our chat, Joe. I worry about the fans that are out there because – when you just your their hopes are so high because the precedent that's been set with 17 world champions championships each and every year that we have to maintain that sometimes it, it just with some of the individuals out there it just seems like to do it no matter what the cost yeah well palinka fed the the crowd a, 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 a drastic trade and we've been eating toilet water since so be careful what you wish for. Sometimes standing pat and enhancing what you have is better than trying to see what's on the other side. I'm they just saying think up. rationally. Just You got to think rationally. It is. <sighs> rationally. What does rationally mean? Define rationally. I thought just 
don't feel like you have to do things just to do them. I don't think rational has anything to do with it. It's who you are. It's how you work. And I'm going to go back to an old issue that we've, we share equal concerns. I just read that Barbara Streisand took out some kind of loan, government type loan. This lady's worth $400 million, by the way, to pay off her gardeners or something like that. Of course, it's legal, but just in terms of a, a person who always yapping about, you know, certain people being this and certain people being that, yet you're the one taking advantage of the system too, but it's okay when you do it. Well, you want, you want someone who has a, at least $10 billion team that would sell for $10 billion. She's already a millionaire who decided that she thought that she had to take something from some thing to pay her employees. And then when she got caught, she ran back into a little hole and said, no, 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 no. I, I never mind. Never mind. That told me a lot more about who she was. You take away season tickets from Jerry West, the guy that built your freaking dynasties. Jerry West built your dynasties and your dad. Your dad and Jerry West built your dynasties. Yet, you're trying to make money off his seats. That's why she did it. She didn't do it because she was upset with Jerry. She wanted to make money out of it. You're pathetic. You want to get, you want to get down? You want to really get down? You know, these are the things I think of. Every time I... I go back, ah, you know, I want to, maybe I was too harsh. And then I remember Sean looking at me like I was a P-U-S-S-Y. And he was right. He was dead right. Turned into a wuss. But, you know, sometimes we have that weak moment and we want to be supportive. We want to be positive. It's a drain to be negative. Rightfully so, by the way. This is not, I don't regret anything I'm saying right now about what's going to happen this year. I don't because they're 25 and 25 after, after, after 50 games, this team should be at least 30 and 20 folks should be better than actually should be 32 and 18. They lost seven games, maybe even eight games that they should have had in the bag. And that's killing them right now. If you have those games, this thing looks a little different. The, the atmosphere is a little different. Your seating is a little different. You're not worried about a player where you got to play extra games again. It's a lot of stuff here. Now, let's say that a miracle happens and they win it all. The, where are we going to be then? Then we'll be back to being positive and feeling good and saying how great Genie is and how Rob is, right? Well, we'll find out in less than a week, my friend, as the trade deadline hits to see if the Lakers will or won't do anything. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, don't think irrationally at this point in time. And I'm just worried that the Lakers will make an irrational move. Uh, that's my concern. And just a move that they'll regret. Try, okay, gets you two, three games here, four games, maybe gets you in the seventh spot or maybe even the sixth if all works out well. But what does that really get you? That gets you a first or second round matchup that you can't overcome. This team in its current allotment does not look like it's going to be able to match up well against the Denvers of the world. Uh, you know, even on the Eastern side, I know you said you're not a big Eastern Conference fan, but 
how many times do you think they'll go at and win in a seven-game series against the Boston, against the Philadelphia, against the Milwaukee, against a Denver, uh, you know, against even like a Phoenix team in the playoffs? That's something I think you said you don't really have uh, much faith on their side. But, man, if one of those three players gets hot on the Phoenix team, that could ride them as well for a little bit. If the Lakers were good enough to get to the finals, I, I, I don't think I'd be concerned about Boston, Philly, or Milwaukee, honestly. I think uh, they have their own problems there. And when you have LeBron and AD on on going full throttle in that kind of atmosphere, I think they they they're gonna they're gonna do what they do. Uh, the Lakers are are in the West, so it's not gonna be that easy. And yeah. they they have too many deficiencies in areas that that you can't have deficiency and you can't have three players in your, in your lineup that can't play defense uh, in a league where you can't play defense because they're just going to continue to play worse. And you can't really win with a coach that doesn't know how to adjust. There's not a stubborn coaches that don't do well are a a travesty to a team. They're a malignant cancer. Darvin Ham is a malignant cancer to this team because he doesn't change. He doesn't adjust. He doesn't coach. He doesn't motivate. He doesn't do anything. He doesn't do anything. And it's, you know, the pockets thing is, is it's bad posture. It's bad presence. Phil Jackson used to sit. Phil Jackson used to say, Phil Jackson just sits there. Doesn't do anything, right? That's not true. It's not true. Uh, Phil Jackson was calculating. You'd see him go there, you know, talk and do things. Again, his prep was for practice, during practice, you know, practice. We're talking about practice. And then what was great is when he saw something that wasn't good, he got up and he would ring the ref. And I mean, scream. Phil was mean. He's a mean dude when you when he was mad. And when you saw that guy get up and get mad, man, it was to me, I, I've been lucky, man. I've seen Bill Cower coach and I've seen Phil Jackson coach in my time. And man, those guys, they just had this knack of 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 going after the deterrence, whether it was a ref or even if it was <laughs> the opposing players, heck, even opposing fans. If you guys want to hear that. Put Matt Damon, Phil Jackson in, in, in YouTube. There's a funny story during the 08 finals where where uh, Phil Jackson tells him to shut, sit the F down. It's pretty funny, actually, when the way Matt puts it. <laughs> but uh, but we, and it's, it, we don't have that. We don't have that. Uh, we don't have that, that leader anymore. And it's, it's, it's depressing, too, considering this team needs that extra motivation, I feel, to get them somewhere. Uh, they got it last night because they were they were getting clowned and laughed at all day after they made the announcement that LeBron and AD were not playing. And then everybody had three guys had career nights in their in their situations, and then on top of that, the the clowns in the green thought they were just gonna run around like a bunch of yahoos and 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 just win the game. Well. Porzingis, maybe you should start looking at your opponent a little bit more seriously because you had a guy that I was saying should be playing in 
in, in Israel working you so bad that you were just camping out 29 feet from the basket when you're 7'3". That's an embarrassment, by the way. Seriously. Any, if God had made me 7'3", with that kind of athleticism, oh my God. I know it's easy. I know it's easy for, for me to say that sitting in a chair in front of a laptop, but I'm serious, man. I mean, some of these guys just don't have it, man. They don't have it up here. They don't use it. Shaq is like one of the few guys that use that used that. He didn't turn into uh, a pumpkin like like Will Chamberlain did. He was always, oh, they don't cheer for Goliath. Who cares? Will Chamberlain didn't like to be booed. He was soft like that. Shaq didn't care. Shaq will dominate you. That's why I picked Shaq over Wilt. Uh, Wilt needed to win more, and he didn't. He's two and four in the finals. Should have won more. He should have been six and zero oh with the talent he had. But I wasn't there to watch him, so I'm just basing it off of certain things that I've learned about that era and that time. But yeah, the mental part plays a big part in this, and I think uh, unfortunately the. I don't, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to get enough of that with the physical play to get this where we want it to go. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. It is Joe Sorrow along with me, Gerald Glassford. Truly want to thank you so much on a Saturday night for watching and listening. Don't forget tomorrow, five thirty p.m. is the game time. I'll come on earlier, a little earlier than that for the pregame show. Then, of course, playback.tv slash Lakers fast break. Best post game in town is comes after that, of course, right here at the Lakers Fast Break. And then your nightcap for the evening, Joe Soro. Looks right, probably at the 10 o'clock hour. Go ahead and wrap that up for you. But Joe, it's been a great episode. I thought we'd go ahead and talk about some things, both good and bad for the Lakers. Again, coming off that strong victory, but hearing the bad news about Jared Vanderbilt. Then also as well. You know, the reality setting in that LeBron James is not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. But yes, Gary, we never stop. We're just glad to be here for you and everyone out there. But any last thoughts, my friend, before we had not? No. No? Okay. There you go. Zanger Science says the Godfather versus the Goodfellas. That's like picking between my kids. <laughs> They're different movies, man. They're different movies. I can't. I don't know if I could pick which one's better. Okay. I I believe that Goodfellas should have been the best picture that year, but the Dances with Wolves won. Too much violence, I guess, for the the softies. But uh, in terms of movie making, it's got to be The Godfather. I, I every time I watch The Godfather, I'm going. At that time in 1972, to make a masterpiece like that, geez. You're watching Brando do his thing. I'm like, God, how did this guy do this? How did this guy turn into an Italian uh, head of the family like character? You do not see any acting in that movie at all. It's phenomenal. Sonny, Michael, Robert Duvall. I mean, everyone. Salazzo. The acting Salazzo. If you watch him in that 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 the Louis restaurant with, with Pacino and the chief, you're looking at him and you're seeing how he's distributing the drinks as the maitre d' is filling everything, the wine and all. I'm like, that's what we do when we're at dinner. And it's like, so I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, 
Francis Ford Coppola doesn't get talked enough about how great of a director he was. Because I'm sure that's something he, you know, had there. And I know it's easy for for him to put stuff like that together because he's, you know, he, he's been to enough of those restaurants and been around that. He he, he had all that in his mind, in his head. But man, it, when you see it develop the way the way you do, his it's just it's a it's a phenomenal film. It's it's uh, just the details were were amazing. So. But uh, yeah, I guess if I had to go with one, if I had no choice but to pick one, The Godfather by a by a hair. Okay. I'd probably say Goodfellas for me by a hair. Um, maybe The Godfather 3 is really not enjoyable watching for me. I just think it's compared to the other two. I just thought it was it's not in this class. Uh, but Goodfellas is a great watch each and every time. So that's you know, unfortunately, you know, the, the Godfather three thing did get paired to the first two, which is not fair. What? I actually don't mind Godfather. Why do you think it's not fair? Because it's it's it, it, it's it's not it, it's stupid. It's it's a movie that was made fifteen it was fifteen years no sixteen years later, and the movie was good. If it wasn't the God, it wasn't on the backdrop of the Godfather. It would have been a good movie. There was amazing scenes in there and coppola got screwed in the casting in that one he wanted winona Ryder. something happened where that deal didn't go through and should, then not have, should not yeah should but not it wasn't his fault he had to you know these these you know this g yeah these these timelines with these films there's a the, there's a certain like they're all on a clock and they got to get things going to get things going and then Alvin, not have put his, Alvin, she's a great Chino director but yeah she should not have been in that al pacino one. didn't help matters he he pissed off uh, Francis by saying, hey, I, don't, I don't want $5 million, I want $7 million. He's like, dude, come on, you know. Um, I think I think Francis might have been hurting for money at that time. That's why he needed to get, get it done. But there are scenes in there that are very powerful, Gerald. I mean, that scene with, and I'm sorry, guys, there's a little bit of a spoiler here. I'm not going to go into it all, but there is one scene in there where Diane Keaton makes Al Pacino's character like this. And I'm like, I have to, I have to keep, keep, keep rewinding that. She just, Diane Keaton is one of the, no one talks about her being one of the greats. Jesus, she was phenomenal in that scene. And then you have the one where he's confessing to the priest and then Gar Danny Garcia, who got nominated for an Oscar for that role that he played. He was, he had like three or four scenes that I loved in that movie. The movie wasn't bad. It's just, it's not the first two, which isn't fair to compare them to the first two. You saw more range with Al Pacino in three versus his stoic, you know, godfather destruction personality. Yes, you know Gary, the Scarface did. did bomb. Yes. Scarface did bomb because it was violent. Like that chainsaw scene, whoo. My sister got in the nightmares. hotel right there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. My sister got nightmares watching that. And Kubra will probably have some show. tomorrow. I was in shock. I was. <laughs> it's like it made sixty-six Brian million dollars. Brian De Palma. He he he, he on the worldwide. Gary, uh, Scarface, um, The Untouchables. My God, he that Untouchables. That's a good. He movie. was. Hey, did you ever hear the the story about? Bob Hoskins and, and and the Untouchables? No, I did not. Okay, so Bob Hoskins was supposed to be Al Capone, right? So mm -hmm. Brian De Palma 
calls Hoskins, and Hoskins said this, I think, on Letterman or Leno or one of those uh, talk shows. So the Palmer calls Hoskins, and he goes, and the Hoskins would have been a great Al Capone, by the way. He actually looked like him. And he goes, hey, I'm thinking about putting, you know, putting you in as Al Capone, da 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 And Hoskins had heard that, hey, I thought you guys had Robert De Niro. So they're like, oh, we're still negotiating. We're still doing this. We're still doing that. And uh, long story short, Hoskins ends up finding out that uh, Robert De Niro gets the part. And and then he gets, and then one day he gets, I think it was, he went, went to the mail or whatever. And he, he gets a $200,000 check from Brian De Palma. And he's like, it was basically like a thank you. I'm sorry I didn't cast you, right? Um, so Bob Hoskins goes, I called Brian De Palma and I go, hey, Brian, if there's any movie you don't want me to be in, just let me know. <laughs> let me know. Give me a call. <laughs> I thought that was a really cool story. Imagine. So what probably happened was, was they leveraged the deal say, Hey, we got Bob Hoskins or the, you know, this, this, and that. And then I'm sure that whatever extra money they got out of the deal, he went ahead and slipped it to Bob and said, I got to take care of Bob with this guy. So I, I promised him the role. It so, it all worked out though. In the end, it did. It did. I just thought the story $200,000 in 1986 uh, is probably the equivalent of a mill now, at least take a million. I don't know if it's that much. I think it's, that's closer to maybe half a mil. Okay. Yeah. That's not bad sitting on your butt talking on the phone for a few minutes. That'll work. <laughs> but once again, it's the Lakers fast break. We'll be on tomorrow for all the good stuff as far as the pregame, during the game with playback.tv slash Lakers fast break on the simulcast against the New York Knicks. Plus also as well, of course, go ahead and check us out for the post game and then your nightcap with Joe Soro. Uh, Sunday says, Gerald, did you see the rock standoff with Roman? I did. Uh, so... They're trying to have their cake and eat it too with uh, Cody Rhodes announcing he's going to face Roman, but he didn't say necessarily at WrestleMania. Meanwhile, The Rock comes in and faces off against Roman, which may be our WrestleMania event. We're not 100% sure. They left it vague on purpose. Of course, the injury to CM Punk, Seth Rollins is injured as well. Seth Rollins most likely will make WrestleMania. CM Punk will not. Uh, kind of mixes things up. Brock Lesnar with his uh, involvement in the Vince McMahon scandal probably means he is out because he was going to be facing Gunther. That would have been a good hard-hitting matchup. And unfortunately, that's not to be. So, yes, that's your quick little WWE primer there for you. But, yes, some interesting stuff tonight. It is, of course, the Lakers fast break. Uh, Darren says Lakers are still in the Garden two games in a row. yes. The TD Garden and now the MSG. Yes, absolutely. The world's most famous arena, the Madison Square, Madison Square Garden Arena tomorrow. So we'll see what happens, Joe. We'll see we'll see what happens. And uh, look, looking forward to it. Uh, you think the Lakers uh, have a chance tomorrow with if LeBron and AD are in the lineup? Oh, yeah, sure. They always have a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. And Jim Carrey's coming back. Yeah. Yep. They uh, teased it with his laugh. But yes, he is coming back for Sonic the Hedgehog 3 later on this year. So yes, absolutely. Uh, Zangerstein, thank you for being part of uh, everything we do. Cannot wait to see your next Z Notes, which I post right here on the channel, which I'm proud to say 
you know, Z and I don't always see eye to eye on things, but I am so respectful for the work that she does and the time that she puts in and all the stuff that she sends to us. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just, just great to have you aboard dealing with us uh, here at the Lakers fast break. Joe is madly typing away. Uh, what was my favorite WrestleMania of all time? That is a good question. I've been to two. I've been to the one here in Las Vegas at the uh, Caesars Palace. That was an atrocious one, even though I just didn't enjoy the ambiance. I couldn't really enjoy the one in Anaheim I went to because that was the first time I really found out my dad's health issues because he went with me and was was out of breath the entire time. So I was worried more about him, than, <laughs> but unfortunately, than watching the actual event itself. And, uh, you know, when I talk about smoking, like we did the other night on the cigars, that's I have that personal experience with my father on that. But I will probably say my favorite WrestleMania of all time. Six. I'm, I'm going to say WrestleMania 10. I love the ladder match. I think that really, I before that was really the match that put the ladder match on the map between Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. I really, uh, that match is great. Uh, I mean, I like specific matches better out of WrestleMania matches than the WrestleManias themselves. The WrestleManias themselves, it's really hard to say, you know what, that's a fantastic WrestleMania because there's usually not six seven eight matches that are all really good to great matches on a wrestlemania it's just so hard for them over course of what four five six hours sometimes for them to keep up that kind of work rate so it's usually wrestlemania matches that i i enjoy more in fact you know the the one last year with uh with mcintyre and sheamus uh facing off against gunther that was a fantastic match but yeah just just some of the things that are out there so yeah i'd probably say 10 would be the one I'd, I'd probably say is my favorite. Although uh, the one later on with Bret Hart and uh, Steve Austin, the one that turned Steve Austin into a, a good right? guy. Yeah. And Chicago. Uh, that was a really seminal moment as well. So, yes. Did they, did they do that, Gary? LeBron and Davis are protesting the league requirements on games played in the upcoming agreement. That's the one thing that I do like about the new collective bargaining agreement. You got your asses need to be playing, making 51 million. And I know uh, there is a solution, folks. Take less money, which you will not do. Or play less games. You okay. want to do that? You want less games? Mr. Ron- Rendones and all these... I almost said it again. All these wussies. You want, you want that? You want less games? Take a pay cut. Take a pay cut, boys. Sorry, you, you guys. You guys took advantage. Now, you can't have it both ways. Now you're getting it. So, and you, you know, seriously, you, you, someone needs to just call these guys out to their face, man. You guys are a bunch of freaking posers, man. Sack up, crybabies. Once again, it is the Lakers fast break. At least you didn't say the B word, calling our audience like you supposedly did three days in a row. I don't remember you calling our audience that three days in a row, but again. Well, well, Gerald, when you hit a target, you hit a nerve, you hit a target. And when mm-hmm. someone gets mad about being somebody else getting called a name, that's usually them identifying as that person. So I was in turn in that guy's head, I was calling him a, a you know what. So 
that's just hey, if that's what you think you are, then maybe you are. Get then again. I'm and what, supposed- what, what, what what was he what, what was he trying to do there? Trying to play, you know, trying to throw back the tough guy thing. Wasn't he doing it? I mean, the yeah. projection is a very interesting game. It's very easy to, to to identify when you're talking to people, people who project. You know, you're like, well, why you why why is this upsetting you? Why is why is me calling people out upsetting you? Why does everything have to be a fight? Like I'm trying to fight you. Like I feel like I'm a tough guy. You know. Ugh. Well, what? Why? Where, where, where does that come from? Maybe that's all in your head. Xbox, the uh, the WWE is coming to your neck of the woods here in uh, just a couple of weeks in Australia. So uh, I don't know. If I can't watch. Need- I can't watch wrestling anymore. The the promos are abhorrent and just. <laughs> Everybody's five foot nine and five foot ten. I'm like, really? Right, I don't know. Just it's not. It's it's ter- It's a terrible product. And uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know. And the whole kayfabe had a had an elegance to it back in the day. Now that it's not like that, it just it's not the same. Sorry. It's an evolving business, Joe. That's okay. Yeah, you're some, you're not you're not unlike many people out something there. Something shouldn't evolve. I mean. People say all the time, oh, yeah, I stopped watching in the Attitude Era. Well, there you go. I hear that all the time. But once again, it is the Lakers fast break. I will go ahead and mention again that we will be back tomorrow for a full lineup, the pregame, the actual game itself on playback for the simulcast, of course, the postgame, and then a nightcap to top off your night with Joe Soro. Looking forward to it. I guess there's some, uh, oh yeah, Olympic Auditorium in the 70s, Gerald. I went to a few wrestling matches back in the Freddie Blassie days. Darren, that is my first pro wrestling memory, uh, is the Olympic Auditorium. Uh, I don't remember much. The only thing I remember is Andre the Giant looking up and seeing this towering figure above. Because I remember being close to the ring, my dad taking me, and I just, yeah, looked up and saw Andre the Giant winning this battle royal because he was always winning battle royals. There was nobody that was uh, defeating him, obviously. But yeah, it was seeing that got me hooked. And I think it was, I don't know, about seven or eight or something like that. I was pretty darn young at that time. And yeah, I've been hooked ever since, but I'll leave it from there. Yeah. Good old Olympic Auditorium. It is still there. It's still up there. The sports arena might be uh, destroyed, but yeah, the Olympic Auditorium. I think it's a church now. Is that correct, Joe? I mean, you're closer to it than I am. Downtown LA. It's not in a good spot. It's not in a good area of town. I'll I'll leave it at that. But yeah, there are no good areas in LA except a couple. That's it. Yeah, uh, but I will say to you that we truly appreciate. Thank you, uh, and thank you enough for staying with us. Uh, we will go ahead and let you guys go. But uh, for now, it's Joe Sorrell, meet Joe Glassford. Thanks again for watching. We'll be back tomorrow for more great stuff. More great talk and more great conversation always right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. See you tomorrow, everyone, and be safe.